BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, nerds? This is Jessica Bovarsling's Alaskan and Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I'm Alyssa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wires fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in Season 3, so we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Jessica, how are you on this lovely Tuesday? I'm doing good. How are you? I mean, you know, time doesn't mean anything anymore, but it's, you know, it's a nice it's sunny a day. It's a sunny day. <laughs> I think I'm going to make soup later. You know, it's it's a wild good time. Good for you. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Making soup, not from a can or like from scratch. Absolutely because... not. Bite your tongue. <laughs> Bite your tongue. <laughs> it's like, I know that you're dealing with like, you know, dead succulents all over right. the place. So I just, I just you need you that know, comfort food. Right. I'm better at other things. <laughs> you know what? It's okay. We're we're all discovering um, a lot more about ourselves in this quarantine. Um, That's true. Some That's are good. Very true. Some not so great. Right. <laughs> um, but I think, you know what, guys? We have it so much better than what's happening in Mercia right now. So we mm. need to like, get into it. Because, That's true. Um, you know what? They're living through a pandemic as well. And their leaders surprisingly, are even worse than ours. They're doing it without running water and access to a grocery <sighs> store. So, you know what? It yeah, could be worse, I suppose. But yeah, uh, Mercia is not doing well right now. They've got Athelred is, you know, super dead. And, you know, <laughs> it could just be me, but I feel like parading his fancy funeral through the plague-ridden town might not be the move. That feels like they're yeah. not really reading the room right now. Right. And also just, you know, for hygienic purposes, I don't think we need big crowds right now. Mm. You know, six feet. Social distancing <laughs> is still a thing, even in the ninth century. Right. Um, so, like, on top of Athelred just being, like, a shitty dude and everyone hating him to the point of, like, you know, we're we're spitting in his wake. We're throwing curses willy-nilly. I mean. Right. Nobody's mourning this man. Yeah, someone should have, like, said, hold up, is this good that we parade his dead body through the town right now? But It felt like no a mistake there. to me. Yeah. There's no yeah. city planning there. I don't know. Right. <laughs> we don't have an event planner right. um, in Mercia right now. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, weird time. Things are very tense, uh, you know. Edward is is doing his best to kind of just ignore all of the disrespect being shown. Um, I mean, it's if he were a mob boss and this was the 1920s Chicago, heads would be rolling. But he's Edward, and he's trying to keep a semblance of normalcy and peace even when there is none. And so, yeah, I think right out of the gate we see that mercy is not a place you'd want to be right now. No, and I think Edward, you know, he may be trying to keep the peace, but he's doing that in a way where he's just pretending that things aren't happening. So, right, I, that's it's gonna all be, fine. That's a that is a tenuous piece at best. So, but anyway, all the chaos though did you know sort of help Father Pierre Leg sneak Uhtred, mm-hmm. Finnan, Stiora, and Athelstan into Aylesburg because you know why not bring a bastard child? Well, not really bastard child. What do we call what do we call Athelstan if he's like he was a legitimate child, but then they delegitimized the marriage and sent him away. So he's not a bastard. He's unlucky. Is what oh, he, is. he could have been king. And now true. he's just in a monk's robe, like being carted around and being told he's no one. Um, well, he's gonna yeah. be king someday, so it'll work out for him. But like Hold on, Ethelstan. It right. gets better. <laughs> but yeah, so having that chaos helped him sneak into the city, which, you know, I always love to see the the Cookham crew do a sneak mm. so that's fun <laughs> do a sneak <laughs> so good at a sneak um you know what you would think by now that 
uh, they would have guards on like every door and also like every um, you know Seagate. Like, right? No one learns their lesson um, no. on this show. It's remarkably and, yeah, easy to break into advantage. Yeah, it's remarkably easy to break into towns. Like, you may not need, sure. you may not get done what you need to get done when you're there, but you can probably get in. No problem. Yeah, if you just like wanted a beer or something, an ale at the whorehouse, like you're right. fine. Get, go yeah. ahead. Um, so yeah, so they they sneak in. I think you know Utrid's plan is um, to confront Edward and to kind of reveal you know everything that happened with Erdwolf because that was a huge deal. Finding out that he killed Ethelred, but before he can do that, the Eldermen have called a Witten. They didn't invite Edward. No. Um, so he decides to crash the party. It's like Edward is like the guy you put up with because he's got the fake ID and he can get your friend's alcohol. But you don't actually want to hang with him, you know? Like, you know, I got like, real. Yeah, you're here uh, helping us, but come I on, got, don't come I, to our party. Right. I got real Michael Scott showing up uninvited at Jim's party yes. energy mm. from this moment with Edward. Um, but yeah, he, you know, Except there's no karaoke to save, right, like it's save just, the mood. <laughs> it's just angry men arguing with each other. No fun at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, the elder men are talking and they're really, you know, there's the one guy, Burgred, who is making things real messy. Like mm-hmm. he wants Edward out. He wants to roll. He wants his son to roll. Then you've got Ludicon the other side and he's like, listen, like, we really kind of need Wessex right now. Things are not going great for us, and it would be helpful for us to strengthen our allies. And, you know, he's kind of caping for Edward even when he's not there until he is there, and he looks pretty good. But um, there's so much discord between the Mercian lords, and, I mean, it happened really quickly. So, you know, it really shows you that Athelred was not running a tight ship before this. No, and I mean, it also, it doesn't help that they literally, you know, saw all of their family and friends slaughtered just a few days ago. You know what I mean? It, sure. It's, Tempers are it, running high. All of that is still very fresh. Yeah. And so Edward is trying to kind of uh, manage their anxieties and their concerns. Um, he He's trying to kind of claim, like, he sent Airdwolf away. Aelfwyn is totally fine. You know, they're going to travel when it's safe. Like, he's got everything under control, basically. Such a liar. Yeah, and and Borgred kind of calls him out on his bullshit. And, you know, this is exactly the reason that they didn't want Edward at the Witten. Because as soon as, you know, something is said against him, his his guards are like, wait, what? And they start to, like, pull their swords. And it's like, dude, this is why you can't be here. Like, we can't right. talk they freely. Speak freely, yeah. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's just a mess. And I think, you know, Uhtred decides to use this moment to kind of step up and be like, hey, remember me? I spilled blood at Tettenhall for you. Let I me talk. love <laughs> that he just like strolls in and is like, what's up, guys? I know I've been on the run for a while, but I'm here to fix everything. Listen to me. And I'm like, Uhtred, I love you. <laughs> the best. Does does he have a plan? We will Not, never know. Right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it usually he, he works out. Just, yeah. It usually does. He's he's pretty when he's not smart, he's pretty lucky. So um <laughs> yeah, he he kind of, you know, he he's there to expose the truth about Erdwolf and to let um these Alderman know what's what's really going on. I mean, first, you know, Edward's witness invite gets lost in the mail. Now his bestie is being called a Kingslayer. Mm. It's just, like, not a good day. And it's um, not. he reacts pretty poorly to the news. And, of course, you know, Uhtred's there, so that's who he's going to blame for it. Of course. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting to kind of see if there's so much deja vu in this episode w- with these interactions between Edward and Uhtred. Because um, there are so many callbacks to, to Alfred and Uhtred's relationship. Yeah. And it's different. I mean, things are different, but... There's still, yeah, there's still those ties that I feel like, you know, Edward's not an Alfred, obviously, but there's still some, like, contention in that relationship that kind of fills the void. Um, And we see a lot of that this episode. Sure. I think, you know, the dynamic is pretty similar, but at the same time, Edward is so young and he's not, he's not his dad. He doesn't have the, you know, intelligence and cunning that his dad had at this point. Um, so it's, you know, when it, when, when you saw 
Alfred and Uhtred kind of duking it out like this. It always felt like it was, you know, a meeting of relative equals. Like they may not have had the same skills, but they had their own skills that they're bringing to the table where with Edward, it still feels like he's extremely young and extremely unsuited for all of the positions that he's been put into. And so it really, it feels more like a child and a man interacting instead of two accomplished men just who just couldn't understand each other. Yeah. And so, you know, I think one of the ways that Edward um, tries to kind of make up for this imbalance of powers to kind of, you know, throw his weight around as king, um, Uhtred refuses to to tell Edward where, where Aelfwyn is. He is like, well, cool, then I'm going to throw you in prison. Right. Um, he's kind of losing allies left and right, and he he makes the decision to, um, you know, he's having that conversation with Ethel Helm, and he's like, you know, maybe instead of seeking to make an alliance with these guys, you know, we should try and break the eldermen. And so it's like things are things are like they started out tense, but when you talk about like trying to come between the ruling body of like your ally, it's like okay, now we're just really wanting to like have a war. And to kill people because I just don't see it ending well for Edward. Not good. Also not good. What's <laughs> happening in the were forest? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, they left Osforth and Edith behind to care for Elfwyn because she was rather ill. But they don't really mm-hmm. know what's wrong with her. Like, they can't quite tell if it's the sickness that she's got or is it just, you know. What she's, is wrong with her? What is she wrong with Elfwyn? <laughs> like, I don't think she's just tired, but like. You know, getting taken from your home and being on the run and outside all the time when you're used mm. to living a relatively, you know, privileged existence as the daughter of yeah. Athelfled. So, but she's not doing well, like really poorly. And so Osworth and Edith are caring for her and they kind of co- have a conflict about whether or not to give her wormwood, which I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is and why it was so controversial? I don't. I just assumed it was one of those, you know how they used to put leeches um, mm. on you to, like, suck out the bad or whatever? Right. And it's like, yeah, that's not good if someone's sick right. to put leeches on them. I figured Wormwood was, like, ninth century leech- leeches. Like, everyone mm. thought, oh, that's going to, like, purge you of the sickness. Maybe it's going to—maybe it's some kind of, like, almost poison. But, yeah, gotcha. I, I have no clue. Yeah, Osforth was I, I'm, I'm extremely gonna assume against it's like it. Not good. <laughs> yeah. So Edith said, "You know what? We're gonna try it. She cannot die on my watch." So they have that conflict. And that's but, true. She's yeah. not wrong. Like Edith will be the one who's blamed for that death. She calls that correctly, and I think Osforth can't understand that because he's never been in the position that she's in. A caring for a kid as important as Aelfwyn, like in the middle of an outbreak, it's a lot of work for little reward and. She's just doing the best she can. She t- she's, she drinks the wormwood. So, like, chill out, Osford. <laughs> right. She's not going to give her something she wouldn't give to herself. Um, right. But, yeah, but, you know, Elfwyn doesn't exactly get better. So, they, mm. you know, they have to make the decision to take her back to Aylesburg and peace out from their campsite. Yeah, they need they need a real healer, not this like crone in the woods who's like, yeah, drink this, drink <laughs> this good, wood juice. Love like, a good know. crone moment; it's the best. <laughs> um, I would be that crone in the woods, mm. but yeah. So they, you know, Edith finally kind of strong arms Osworth into taking her back to um, Aylesburg. And while all of this is going on, um, Citric and, and young Uhtred managed to track down Ethelfled. They let her know that Aelfwyn is not doing well. She's obviously like, please take me to my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we've got like some Witcher vibes because yes. <laughs> she literally just misses them. And yep. not only that, she misses them. And this this old crone in the woods is like, yes, you know, she's dead they as took hell. her back to Mercia. And right. Yeah. She's well, she, they took her she's body back to, to Mercia. Like, yeah. Like the way they, she phrased that, of course she thought that Aelfwyn was dead. Like... Geez, someone teach that crone some bedside manner. Come on. Right. Or or like to not assume. Just because you saw a child's body being carted off doesn't mean that she's like necessarily dead. Just tell her where they went. Don't describe a body. She, 
she gave them the wormwood, so maybe she knew that, that wormwood was going to kill her. I don't know. But yeah, Ethelflaed is devastated, obviously, and so her decision is to also head back, head back to Aylesburg to, to be with her daughter's body and to give her the last rites, and it's pretty terrible. I mean, at this point, we don't know. We know that Aelfwyn is alive. She's not dead like Ethelflaed thinks, but we don't know if she's going to be alive by the time they get to Aylesburg. We don't know if she's going to be alive by the time... Ethelflaed gets to Aylesburg, it's all very up in the air, and so it's, you know, it's it makes that kind of reaction that Ethelflaed has even more devastating because she could be dead. Like, she right. could be dead by the time her mom gets to her, and that's It's Schrodinger's elf when, you know, if you open the box, will she be alive inside of it? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's a lot of stress to put on Ethelflaed when she's already dealing with a lot, like, loss of kingdom, loss of you know, horrible husband, but it still puts her in a precarious position. And now she thinks she lost her child. So that is, that is a lot to put on one, Mm -hmm. on one person. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. It Um, would cause any woman to snap. She's handling it better than I would. So, but yeah. So, and in Mercia, things are still really bad. Like Edward's doing a terrible job distributing grain and Burgred is like ready to fight and, you know, it's it gets really tense, and then Edward like reveals that he basically took Burgred's son away to raise him as a monk, mm-hmm. so that he couldn't be set up as an opposer here, which is a super shady move. But I also kind of respected it. Like I didn't Genius. respect I'm it, sorry. but like <laughs> that's one way to get rid of a problem: send him to church school. You know what I mean? Like that's. Mm-hmm. Well, it it gets rid of two problems because it gets rid of the kid Mm -hmm. who um, was someone that the elderman could rally around to be their next leader. And then it also kind of shuts Borgred up because he doesn't have control of his son anymore. I mean, anything could happen to his son. And so Mm -hmm. if he... He, you know, steps out of line like it's it's going to reflect, you know, badly on his family. And, um, yeah, it's it's not like the the coolest like cool dude move. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> cool if he wants to be friends with these guys. <laughs> but it's brilliant. Like he it's it's uh, it's something Alfred would do. And I like saw glimpses of Alfred and Edward this episode. And it really it warmed my heart even when he was. Stealing children in the night. Um, yeah, it's like ruthlessness draped move. in yeah <laughs> ruthlessness draped in piety at this point. You know what yeah. I mean? I used to hate it, but I kind of like it now. <laughs> I know you're like, well, you know, it worked out pretty well for yeah. Alfred. So yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. And you know, like you said, like Edward doesn't really have a lot of control right now. It's a lot of semblance of control, and you can really see that in how Athelhelm, you know, is sort of doing whatever he wants. Like he, you know, Edward had Uhtred you know, thrown in jail, but Athelhelm took that as, and also we're going to beat the ever-loving shit out of him to try and get this information. Um, so, yeah, it's, like, it's rough. Uhtred, like, he, they really seem to focus on beating him around the face. And so he gets, like, this, the, when we sort of revisit him after the torture and his face is so swollen and brutalized, it's really, it's really awful. Like, I have no complaints about seeing Uhtred kind of strung up and shirtless. Um, All right. But what they, what they did to his face, y'all, no. <laughs> that is unacceptable. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's it's so—if Ethelhelm knew Uhtred, mm. he would know that torture is not going to do anything. I mean, he's not going to give up where Elfwin is. I think it's very bold of, of him. You know, Ethelhelm can kind of get away with— um, locking up ales with because it's like, oh, miscommunication, you know, I didn't say that either. Like, there's mm-hmm. ways to kind of um, hide behind that decision. You can't hide behind what you've just done to this dude's face. Like, right. it, it's clear that you are, you know, taking this power that Edward has given you and really abusing it. I just don't, I don't understand what he thought would happen. Like, did he think he was going to get the information? Did he think that Edward wasn't going to find out and be upset that he, like, you know, carried out this torture without his permission? Like, I think he thought he was going to get the information. I think he sort of sees Uhtred as so many people have seen Uhtred as kind of this, you know, out for himself barbarian, which just isn't true. Um, So I think Athelhelm did think that he was going to get 
the information that he needed. But he didn't because Uhtred is the best. Yeah. And, you know, I think Aleswith, Aleswith, you know, comes to talk to Edward and he won't tell her anything. Like he is like, you know, he may have not wanted her to be put under house arrest, but he certainly doesn't want to bring her into his confidence. And so, you know. She tries to tell him, like, look, like, if you try to force Mercia into Wessex, that's not going to go well for you. You need to handle this and you need to build an alliance, not sort of subsume another nation. Um, but, yeah, it's wise words. Right. <laughs> I mean, Aleswith knows what she's talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Edward goes to see Uhtred and he's kind of shocked at, you know, what happened to him and you know he's very insistent that he did not order the beating and he did not order this to happen and Uhtred is like dude that's not good either like if you have Athelhelm sort of doing these things for him and going against his wishes like it does not make you look better to say I didn't order this you know what I mean it Mm -hmm. makes you look weak as hell yeah and and, you know they have this kind of heart to heart and Edward is just like, why are you doing this? Like, well, you, why do you care? And um, Uhtred's like, I, I'm fighting for my deep love of mercy and politics, which mm. is just like great. Even line. even now with his yeah with his face like smashed up, it's like I still love his sass. But I think it's really interesting because this relationship again, like it does, it does have callbacks to Uhtred and Alfred. Mm-hmm. But Edward Edward is so young, and he's grown up worshiping Uhtred. I mean, this is someone that taught him how to fight. This is someone that's been in his life since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a really, they had a good bond, like, developing before he became king. And so it's like, that also adds another level to their interactions. And even when he's envious of Uhtred, I, it doesn't feel as, like, as a aggressive or as like you know malicious as how Alfred was envious of Uhtred if that makes sense like Mm. I think Edward can still see Uhtred's use and his um ability to unite people and I think there's also that kind of element of like you know I did love you and we you were like you know family to me and so yeah it makes this this whole kind of scene that they have after Uhtred's tortured really kind of moving, I think. Like, I I kind of came around to Edward a little bit in this moment. I, you know, I didn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that I came around to Edward, but I definitely understood him a little bit more. Like, he talked about, you know, living in his father's shadow, which would be hard. You know, that's something Mm. that Edward, or that Alfred didn't have to deal with. He didn't have to deal with being the son of Alfred and living in his shadow. Um, and I think, you know, I think Edward is bitter about that lack of agency, but also I think he's a little bit ashamed of his behavior, you know, when he talks about, you know, maybe I should be unifying them myself instead of making a child do it for me. Like, that's some important self-reflection. Um, we'll see. We'll see how well he follows through with that. But I think this this conversation with Uhtred and, you know, sort of realizing that he needs to take responsibility instead of letting, you know, Aelfwin be a bargaining chip and Athelhelm do his dirty work. Like, he needs to be a king and he needs to handle it himself. And he does. He starts, like, making moves. Mm-hmm. Um, he has that moment where he's like, yeah, I'm not going to use my niece to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be mm-hmm. a man. Um, he also kind of finally hands Athelhelm his ass a little bit. Um, he kind of he calls him out on the orders he's carried out. And decides to send him back to Winchester, which, like, I personally would have sent his head to the chopping block. Like, I I Mm. think that sending him back um, to the seat of power so he can just kind of gain more allies and more power is not smart. But at this point, it's like, yeah, I think at this point, there's there's more pressing issues of, like, you know, mercy and succession and all of the stuff that's happening. So, So Edward doesn't really take the time to... I think he sees Ethelhelm as just someone who's overstepped, not someone who's scheming to, like, really have and keep that kind of power. And so, right. um, yeah, I don't think that's the right move. I think it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. But at least we kind of get Ethelhelm out of there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Edward, he also, you know, he frees Uhtred and he tells him to keep Ilfwin and Athelflaed safe because he does kind of— he does kind of figure out that, like, something is going on with Uhtred and Athelflaed, and he knows that mm-hmm. Uhtred loves her. So he's going to, 
used that affection to his advantage in order to keep Aelflynn and Athelflaed safe until the conflict passes. Um, so yeah, Uhtred's free. He and Finn reunite, and I really loved that scene. Ah, I know. It's just, they're such a team, man. Like, they're all a team with the Uhtred, Finn, and Bond. Just like, I mean, they were on those slave ships together, man. They just... I don't know. You Finn don't and, mess up his face. You and don't. Finn, and, Finn like, is ready to is fight whoever <laughs> did that to his bunny. So it was uh, it was so good. It's sweet. And, you know, it seems like Uhtred kind of gets his get out of jail free card and he's going to get his daughter and Finn and Ethelstan and they're going to get out of Mercia while they can. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Stiora is Stiora and she's Love her. putting herself like right in the middle of the action and she's helping Father Pierlick kind of hand out this grain and um, it gets pretty brutal. People are fighting each other and um, riding over toilet paper, you know, that's I how mean, it goes. It's, yeah, very relatable. And Uhtred kind of steps in and takes control of the situation as like, look, like you can't be like squabbling amongst yourselves right now. Like you need to band together and people seem to respect him. Of course, Edward witnesses this whole thing and you think, shit, he's going to toss him right back in the cell. Like, well, if know, Ailes with, good. listen, if Aleswith had her way, Uhtred would have been tossed back in the cell because as much as I have enjoyed seeing how she's grown this season, she still hates Uhtred more than anything. So she yeah, sort of... They're not going to be buddies anytime soon. No. So, like, she sees, sees this, you know, this whole ordeal go down and sees Uhtred calming the crown. And she's like, listen, if they love him, he's going to turn the people against you. And... That's kind of been her ammo since the beginning. Never trust Uhtred, even when he's trying to do good. Um, Yeah, and so Edward, you know, he requests that Uhtred is brought before him, and you're like, great, he's going to listen to his mom, he's going to beat the shit out of him again, throw him in jail, whatever. Um, And, but, you know, Uhtred is, you know, he's brought before him, and Edward is mad at Uhtred for interfering, but he also saw his value, um, and he decides that he wants to make Uhtred the lord and protector of Mercia until, you know, his children are old enough to rule. He wants he wants Uhtred to take that position, which is, that's a pretty crazy move. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's bold. Um, I think it's, it's almost like Edward seeing like an easy way out um, because, you know, there's, there's no unsuitable to marry his niece. All of the eldermen are against him at this point, and they're also, like, really old. It's like, you know, how long would they last? Not a lot of options. Yeah, he needs someone who's who can command the respect of the people, who he knows has good intentions, who will take care of his sister. I mean, like, Uhtred checks all of the boxes. So um, it's kind of like the thing that was standing right in front of you, and you finally realize, like, yeah, that's that's what I need to go with. I think it's a little harder for Uhtred to accept because this is not something that he's ever, you know, imagined for himself or really wanted. Yeah, swearing swearing loyalty to another Saxon king is not what he had on his agenda for his later years. Yeah, I thought we were done with this. Um, But, you know, love is is a powerful thing. And, like, this this checks all of his boxes, too, because he—his kids would be safe— um, and secure, like, he could be with Ethelflaed, they could run things, the people would be in good hands, there would be no war. His like, men it, would have a break. Yeah, his men would have a break, get paid. Um, yeah, it's it's a win-win, which makes me think, like, mm, this is Too good not to be true. end well. Yeah, come no. on now. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, Uhtred kind of consults with Father Pierleg, and he's like, listen, like, I did not seek this kind of power. Like, people keep trying to give me this shit. I am not looking for it. And want I want it. Right. And I think Pierleg is like, listen, like, yeah, sure, but this is a great opportunity. And, you know, it looks like Uhtred's going to take it. And, you know, I think... You know, Aleswith was so against Uhtred, but at the same time, she also sees Father Pierleg with Athelstan, and she knows that Uhtred was so important in sort of taking him um, and keeping him safe. But she didn't know that Edward and Uhtred may be making a huge deal for him to run Mercia. So, mm-hmm. shockingly, Aleswith is not on board. Again, I think she can see 
the like quick solution of it. I think there there is something that she kind of picks up on, which is, you know, Uhtred is someone who people just naturally are drawn to and naturally want to follow. And it's like, yes, like this lordship of mercy is only supposed to be for like a couple of years until a transition is smoothed out and they can kind of, you know, find out who's going to really lead. And it, it's supposed to be temporary. I think Aylesworth kind of sees the real possibility that people are really going to like, you know, serving Uhtred and working under Uhtred. And it might not be as temporary as Edward's thinking. I think she's always seen Uhtred's kind of mass appeal as a threat first to Alfred's throne and I think now to Edward's throne. And that's not something Uhtred would ever want. But again, people just keep giving him this power um, and he's... He's not going to say no, you know, all the time to it. So it's like, I, I don't know. I see I see why she would be concerned because I think she she doesn't think Edward is taking this as seriously as he should. She's also pretty upset because Edward doesn't want to, like, hang with his kid. And like, she's done a lot to all. get Ethelstan there. So Yeah, <laughs> you know, she's day for Aylesworth. Yeah, that scene was brutal because, like, she brought Ethelstan physically in front of his father and for Edward to be so dismissive of that little boy, like, when he's right there, like, that is going to traumatize that kid for mm. a long time. But, yeah, yeah, like, she begs him to acknowledge Athelstan and give him protection. And he's like, take him back to where he was concealed. I do not have time to deal with this shit. And it was just, it was so cold and so devastating. So, like, man, Athelstan, that poor kid, he deserves better. He deserves a better dad. He deserves Finnan as a dad. He deserves Finnan. Stick with Finnan, He'll make dude. boats with him and carry him on his shoulders when Edward doesn't give a shit. That's so. a real father. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we leave things in Mer- Mercia. Ethelflaed gets back. Um, well, Uhtred accepts. He accepts right, the position. Right, Uhtred accepts, um, in case that was not clear. Right. As long as I can rule as my own man, I'll do it. Right. And, and Ethelflaed kind of turns up. Right as all of this is going down, of course, all she cares about is Aelfwyn. And um, Aelsweth is there to be like, yeah, she's here, but she's not dead. And um, Right, Edith Aelsweth's saved like, her. Oh, great, cool. Take me to her. <laughs> um, and, yeah, Edith is there. And um, so it's a really, like, nice, happy reunion. And it's so it's so eerie, and it's it felt, like, really foreboding to see mm-hmm. this reunion that Ethelflaed has with Aelfwyn. Everyone's happy. Aelsworth is crying. It's it's such a good moment. Um, right. And then Aelsworth kind of starts to reveal, like, what's happened with Uhtred, and he's going to be Lord of Mercia. And then you have Finnan and Father Pyrrhic like, and as everyone. Hell. Drunk as hell. Like, just I love celebrating. that for him. Right. It's, they're having a great time because um, they think yeah. they've got their futures set. Yeah, and, and Uhtred's over here kind of like, Oh, I still don't know. Like, I'm having second thoughts now. Um, and they just kind of, the, the show juxtaposes these two scenes, and it really, it sets up, better than any kind of exposition would, it sets up what the conflict is going to be. Because you see Ethel Flood reacting to this news not very well. Like, you can see not it on her thrilled. face. Like, what yeah. the hell? This is yeah. not what was planned. And Uchid's over here like, I know that this was, you know, a good choice because it helps a lot of people, but he, I think he also knows if there's going to be conflict with Ethelflaed. Ethelflaed's going to hate it. Um, yeah, yeah, and so oh, that's that's kind of how that you know scene in Mercia ends, and it is uh, it is a it lot. gave me like chills because I just know it's not going to be good, and I just want for the rest of the season to be happy and to, I know. for everyone to be drinking in Mercia and having a good time, and I know I'm not going to get that. So I know. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, while all this stuff has been going down in Mercia, we did get some looks at what's going on in Wales, and mm, boy, howdy, is it bad. Like, you know, <laughs> King Howell, he just, you know, he went off to go pray for a little while, and he left his shitty brother, I think, and I think it's his brother, in charge to, like, It's his brother. Wales. He went to the spa, and he left his brother in charge. Never Which was that. a mistake. Um, this guy has not been running Wales well. He's just, mm-mm. like, partying and peeing on burrito with his buddies, and it's just asshole. awful. 
awful. God, he's but the worst. He's terrible, and he sort of gets the news that hey, so those that those Danes in Ireland, they're making moves to come here, like for real, in earnest. Um, and yeah, they come here and they kill a lot of Welsh people. And we meet mm-hmm. Canute's cousin, Sigtrigger, who I like already. Seems like a righteous mm-hmm. dude. I'm excited to see what he does. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's looking for Brita. Yeah, he's he's a bit dirty, um, needs to brush the hair. But I will forgive him all of that because he gets Brita out of the pit. Um, mm. And it it almost seems like he he has come there for Brita because he's he tells the... The acting king, you know, he's like, where is Brita? I'm, I'm looking for her. And he's like, oh, I killed her. Brita, like, from her little pit no, is like, I'm not. no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the best. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he frees her and kind of reveals. He's Canute's cousin. Um, things didn't go well in Ireland. And um, he decided to come to Wales. And he heard about, you know, Canute's death. And um, Brita is pretty upfront about like yeah he betrayed Ragnar and all this different stuff and you can see like they're they're kind of like forming like a little alliance like she she has a lot of um knowledge about how Wessex politics work um that's where he's going to get the most silver and and the most goods for his men um instead of going back to Ireland and uh for his part obviously like he's he's like this young Viking warrior so like all that's on your mind is like pillaging and and um, kind of establishing your legacy. Yeah, but he also is pretty angry at Brita too because she and Canute were supposed to go and help him in Ireland, sure, yeah. and they decided not to because they had enough going on with the Saxons. So you know, I think he and Brita sort of you know they find an understanding in that they're both full of rage and that you know, <laughs> you know kind of unites them. But they do have to work through that. You know, you were supposed to come help us and you didn't. Yeah, but dude, like you're Canute's cousin, not mine. Right, <laughs> I mean, right. Like, don't he's the one who decided not to go. <laughs> right, um, and I also thought it was really interesting that he sort of tested her in the beginning to make sure that she was Brita. Be like, all right, so she's super pregnant, pulled out of this pit. Does she still have that? classic Brita anger in her where she's down to torture the guy that tortured her even though she's in a weakened state you bet she is and he's like oh yeah, yeah, she yeah that's Brita that's Brita <laughs> that's uh, that's the she-wolf we were looking for um but yeah I think yeah I think it's it's also important because like we were also wondering that I mean what does like you know the time in the pit like do to you you know what I mean she's been tortured and humiliated and um yeah it was really nice I think to see that she still had that in her I, I don't like that who she's directing it towards now, though. Right. Less nice is uh, her decision to go and kill Uhtred the Dane Slayer. That's a bit of a bummer. But at this point, like, I can't really blame her. Like, no. I would have been pissed at Uhtred, too, if he had let me be taken as a slave instead of doing what I wanted. But, you know. I knew it was going to come back to, like, bite him in the ass. I, I know. I don't. I don't like anybody coming after Uhtred, but even if it's Brita, that's just, that's sad. I know. This is, it's going to be so hard because I think um, it's, we're going to like pit these two against each other. And it's like, whose side do you choose? Because they've each wronged each other in many ways. Okay, Alyssa. Well. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That was very quick. Yeah, Um, I didn't really, I didn't think about that. (laughs) Okay, well. It looks like we will also have some conflict this season, Mm. Alyssa. I welcome it. (laughs) Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. guys it's time for our next episode wishes this is when we issue our demands for upcoming episodes like the spoiled toddlers that we are here's what we want to see when we want to see it and why we won't be denied well Alyssa? okay so i'm not sure about wishes but i do think mm. we're gonna get 
you know, some major conflict in a previously unlikely place, which is Uhtred and Ethelflaed. Um, you know, Uhtred is, you know, he's su- clearly super torn about accepting Edward's gift of Mercia. Um, you know, despite having the futures of his men and his children set now, like, this guy's got a storm cloud on his brow. He's got a lot on his mind. He's not, like, super pumped about this gift that he's been given. Um, and that's because he knows that Athelflaed is going to feel betrayed. And she is feeling betrayed. Like, you saw her face at the mm-hmm. end of the episode. She is going to see this as him grabbing power away from her, and she is not having it. Um, so this is going to be interesting, but, like, devastating to see play out, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard to kind of pinpoint what I want to see happen next episode because there are so many balls in the air, and it's just too soon to see when they're going to land. And I guess, like, that's, you know, well done, the show, because yeah. um, that's a that's a great move on the writer's part. But I think you're right. This this whole thing happening in Mercia, it's going to cause conflict, maybe more conflict than we're expecting. And I just hope the show can handle it in a way that doesn't frame Ethelflaed as the bad guy because she's right to be upset at yeah. this move. I think let her be upset. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is everything she's worked for. And it's kind of being just given to even though, you know, Uhtred is someone she loves and trusts and knows is a good person. It's being given to a man. Like, of course, that's going to upset you. So, yeah, I'd be frustrated come if on, I guys. were too. The Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters, and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our arsling of the episode is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. So, Jessica, who mm. was your arsling in this episode? Well, in the spirit of your naming Osforth, um, as last episode's Arsling, I'm going to shout out another pious badass, Father Pierlig. Mm. Um, he's crushing it, doing the work all season, helping Aylesworth recruit the Welsh. He's been fighting the Danes. He's been feeding the hungry in Mercia, um, traveling the country on foot. Like, and now he's helping, you know, Uhtred, and um, he's sneaking the king's bas- bastard into Aylesburg, and you know. I think all of this bravada might catch up to him one day, but I hope it's not this season because he's really filling a Bioka-sized hole in my heart. Agreed. Like, Father Pierlig is and always will be a real mm. one. So um, since you praised the best p- priest around, I'll go ahead and give it to Edith. Mm. Um, I loved seeing her bond with Elfwin, and she's really going out on a limb to make sure that this girl makes it. Like, I think she sees this as sort of a penance for everything that went down with her brother and for Athelred. But, you know, whatever her motivation, I'm glad she's there and giving a shit because she is the reason why Elfwyn saw the end of this episode for sure. Oh, yeah. That kid owes her her life for sure. All right, guys, get ready to shame on the worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane. Anyone can be a turd. And we're calling out the biggest one of the episode. So, Alyssa... I mean, again, I mean, so many choices. I'm going with Edward. Like, yes, he had that great, you know, scene with Uhtred, but he's letting a lot of things happen that he quote unquote didn't order. And while he's making the short term savvy choice of like sending Athelhelm away for overstepping, like, you know, ultimately that is not going to go well. Like, ultimately, Athelhelm is going to be even more of an issue. And the coldness with, with with which he treated sweet little Athelstan, to me, that was pretty unforgivable. So, also, his complete lack of regard for his sister's influence in Mercia is absolutely infuriating. Like, I don't even think it crossed his mind to have Athelfled oh, no. run things in Mercia while they figure out what they're going to do. Like, not even crossing his mind. So, Edward, you made a couple steps forward, but a couple steps back, as is your way. So, Edward, (laughs) turn of the episode. Very true. Um, So, since the Welsh got theirs Mm. uh, last episode, or this episode, I'd like for Karma to strike the Elderman of Mercia next. Sure. Um, I think, you know, they're hoarding food from their own people in the middle of a pandemic and squabbling over who deserves more power. Such Karen And move. that hits, yeah, it hits a little too close to home right now. So um, I'd like to see each of them suffer in distinctly terrible ways. And if Ethelflaed is the one kind of wielding that suffering, so mm. much the better. I just want Ethelflaed to just get what she deserves, which I is... I want her to torture some guys that deserve it, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Now 
Now, no character is safe on The Last Kingdom, but some seem to be flirting with death more than others. Ninth century life is fleeting and barbaric, but that doesn't mean we can't have some fun with it. Get ready to place your bets on who's headed to Valhalla soon, because this is the Viking death pool. This one, nobody's really clearly on their outs in this one, I don't think. Yeah, right? Like, no one feels like a front runner um, this week, which really terrifies me because it means we're probably going to lose someone important soon. Um, And I think, for me, I think if the axe is swinging close to anyone's head right now, it's Edwards, just because he's starting to make better choices, so he's trying, um, which is never a good thing for a character (laughs) on this show. Um, and I, but I think after like an entire season of shitty ones, he's on a lot of people's hit lists. Um, so maybe his growth is too little, too late. I don't know. Well, historically, Edward's got about a decade left, so he's gonna he's gonna be around for a little bit. But you're definitely right. Like, there's kind of an eerie calm at the end of this episode. Like, yes, a lot of things are happening, but also some things are settling into place. Um, but, you know, between the mercy and power struggle and whatever is going on with the Danes, like, death is coming. Plus, they've got to find and kill Eardwolf sometime soon, right? Like, he can't just run around for a while. Yeah, he can't just traipse across the country, like, not answering for his crime. Right. Yeah, get, maybe Eardwolf is here. next. I think he's, I think he's not going to see the end of the season. But I'm feeling much better about Brita because we were worried about her last week. But now that she's sort of, you know, found her Danish compatriots, I think she's in a much better place than she's been in a while. So. Yeah. I mean, if we should be worried about anyone, it would be Uhtred because Brita yeah. is out for blood. Brita is out for blood. Like, if it wasn't his show, I'd be like, ooh, Uhtred, you might want to lay low for a while because Brita is coming for dodge, you with man. a knife. <laughs> All right, now this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2020, the world is on fire, honestly, we deserve this. So this is the time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. Alyssa, go first. Listen, I can't lie. I am really enjoying Finnan's commitment to the sun's out, guns out aesthetic this season. Like, he's chosen that look. He isn't deviating for anybody or any plague. And I respect that choice. Like... You've done the work. Get that tan. You've done the work, and you Rons don't want it up, right? You don't want a farmer's tan. Like you know, you're going to no. get some even coverage. And you know, if he's he's already Irish, so he's dealing with that pale skin. So he's doing the best he can to get an even tan. And good for you. I, I respect it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's hard for yeah. us fair skin folk out there. It who is burn, like yes. with just two minutes in the sun, right? Um, as much as I liked seeing Uhtred uh, shirtless this episode, it wasn't in a good context. No, nope, kind of ruined um, it. <laughs> weirdly <laughs> enough, um, I think it's his reunion with Finnan and Finnan's promise to kill the man who did this that kind of induced the most thirst this episode for yeah. me. Loyalty's sexy. I get it. Right? Yeah, it's a little... Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was something there. And I know that these like these two are just really good bros. Um, but I would be lying if I said I haven't searched for some fan fiction that said otherwise. <laughs> what would their ship name be? Oh, my gosh. What would their ship? My oh. first thought is Futrid, and that Futrid. sucks. So oh I God. hope we can come up with a better one. <laughs> uh, we'll have to, we'll have to like, really do some thinking. Guys, if you have any, like, um, suggestions, please let us know. Um, what the ship name for Uhtred and Finnid would be. Even if it's just a bro ship. Yeah, it's a bro right. ship. Like, it's, it's fine. It's a bro ship. Right. Every bro ship needs a name to sail. It's true. Um, it's true. Yeah. Now, since we recorded our previous seasons, the world has changed a little bit. Life has ground to a halt, and we're just doing our best not to lose our minds in quarantine. So goodbye, Geek Out, and welcome to Self-Care Corner, where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and doing to stave off the seemingly endless alone time. So, what you got? How are you staying emotionally healthy while you're staying home? Okay, guys. Naps. Mm. I cannot overstate the importance of a nap during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, It's, at at first, okay, here's the thing about naps. And I know it's like, (laughs) it's just a nap, whatever. It's not just a nap. It's not just a nap, okay? It's you recharging your mind and your body. Um, also, I think there's this thing, especially with people working from home, where it's like, you know, you work even harder when you work from home because there's no one there to 
to kind of come by your cubicle and like have a conversation or to be like, let's go out to lunch, you know. Um, so your routine like really gets uh, screwed up when you're working from home if you're used to working in an office. And it almost can make you feel guilty about taking those breaks. Um, and so whether you realize it or not, you're working harder at home and you deserve a nap. And, you know, it can be like a 30 minute power nap. It can be like a two hour nap. Like when you work from home, it's about the work that you get done, right. not like how long you're working. That's true. So keep that keep that in mind. Um, if you're feeling tired in the afternoon, go take a nap. Go sit outside in a rocking chair. I Just take breaks is what I'm saying. Um because I am right now working from home. I always work from home. Right, me My too. My roommate is working from home for the first time. Um, and, yeah, just it's been a, like a, a journey for her. And I've tried, tried to help her be like, you don't have to do everything all, all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Like, you set your own schedule. Like, you know, look out for yourself. So, again, uh, naps. They're not just for babies. There you go. I will have to incorporate more naps into my routine because that just sounds great. Um, right. For me, I planted my community garden bed over the weekend. Um, I saw your Insta. Yes. I was so proud. I, you know, I signed up to do that before, like, everything went down. So I feel like, yes, mm. I am, you know, a millennial cliche planting my vegetables in the middle of a pandemic, but I planned on doing it beforehand. Um, But anyway, you know, it was really nice. It was nice to like work in the dirt and be outside. And I was there on a Sunday, so there was like nobody there. Um, So I don't know what it's going to be like going forward um, with like maintenance and everything, but like it was just me and the plants and it was so relaxing. And I felt (laughs) like it was the only time I had felt at peace, like not in my apartment. Um, which like, okay, I went to Home Depot ahead of like going to the garden and I'm so glad that I signed up for mm-hmm. curbside service because people were running oh, around. God. There were so many people there and most of them weren't wearing masks. And I was like, I'm not getting out of my car. I don't understand why people aren't taking this seriously, but like, yikes, South Carolina, please wear your masks, please. Uh, same, same thing here, North Carolina, um, especially Anyone who goes to a Lowe's or to a Home Depot, it seems, I guess, maybe because they're out in the garden section, they think, oh, I'm outside and I don't, but no, you need a mask like that many people. Um, And yeah, I I totally agree about that. But I I will say, I think too, like gardening, it gives you something to like look forward to because you you go check on them every, we check on ours every day just because they're like on our back patio, but like you'll go and check on them and make sure they're growing and it's, it's like something that you're actively like participating in yeah i'm going to water them as soon as we're done recording like go check on my little oh my plant God, babies go so. check baby i know i have a mix yeah, of starter plants and seeds so like some of them i know i'm not gonna see anything yet but like you know yeah just go check the seeds are the seeds are tough but you know if you can get those going that's like such an accomplishment well we'll see oh, i'm so excited for you on this journey <laughs> i'm excited too we'll see hopefully they won't all die so you know maybe i'll get to eat my own bell peppers <laughs> Think of thoughts. All right, guys, if you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a nice review wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, destiny is all bitches. <laughs>